Carry On Gaming podcast, where each week very different people come together in a modern world to talk about what we're playing, what we're excited to play, and most importantly, we try to keep calm and carry on gaming. My name is Grady. You can find me on Twitter at AFriendlyPest, and I am joined by... I'm Stefan, and you can find me behind the Facebook page, Carry On Gaming. I'm Dan. Uh, you can find me both at Dan on Twitter and also at Carry On Gaming on Twitter. Yes, you can always tell when Dan's at the helm of the Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's when it's cringe. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Dan, you like talking. Why don't you start us off with some of this news? Okay, apparently I like talking, so I will. So um, this week was a bit, little bit light on news. There were two big things that we'll get into as we go on. But first, I'm going to start off with the uh, Sony State of Play, which took place last night. Now, uh, Sony actually came out a few days ago with a blog post, and they set expectations for the event, which I appreciated. They came out and they basically said, oh, uh, we're going to be showing a nine-minute extended clip of Deathloop and some indie ga- and updates on indie games. Don't expect, you know, big updates on the likes of God of War Ragnarok or uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Forbidden West, sorry. And so I did appreciate them setting the uh, tone before going in. They were It was quite sparse. Uh, there wasn't much there, in my opinion, of interest. There were a few things, but what really got on my nerves about the event was that they, they dedicated, like, 15 minutes to marketing two battle royale games two battle royale games i mean i'm not a big fan of battle royale anyway myself like i, I don't play fortnite or apex or any of those are, are they two. unique to existing battle royale games or no, brand new yeah so are they are they unique though in any way is there oh, something God, about them you think's interesting um one of them is called arcade geddon and it's like i think it's set inside a video game like it's a meta type thing where you actually know you're in a video game it looks all interesting and that one is actually going to be free for um playstation plus subscribers next month it's going to be one of the free games you can download that's pretty cool um, i hate when i don't know that i'm in a game you know what i mean it's great that yeah you know. the other one was more generic though hunter's arena a very generic fantasy setting so um it's not really not really my cup of tea either way yeah talking with what i've seen from hunter's arena legends it's a one-of-a-kind melee battle royale which i guess is slightly different to the standards we've got now where it's mainly gun heavy like PUBG. True, true. I just I'm 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 just not a big fan of the battle royale, you know, 100 people on the map. Like it's not my it's not my cup of tea, but then again, I'm not a really big multiplayer gamer, so it wouldn't be. Do, do either of those sound like tickle your fancy greedy? Well, I haven't seen the clip for the hunters thing right at, so I don't know exactly what it is, but it occurred to me that like an age of chivalry battle royale would be awesome. So like chivalry two, yeah, with like, a battle royale. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't played chivalry two. I played like a mod back in the day, age of chivalry. But it doesn't look like it's changed a lot other than being improved. You know, I, I imagine yeah. that with a hundred people on the field trying to find different weapons, that could actually be pretty awesome. I don't know. That could what be interesting. I mean, I would appreciate it if like they set it up so it was a four stage siege where you have to siege on a castle and then fifty people are defending and fifty people are attacking. But I know then that's not battle royale. No, that's just chivalry. If you want to play that, my brother has he's enjoyed that. Fun game. Neither of those are really for me. Interesting looking indie game called Jet the Far Shore. Actually, want to try this. So basically, the best way I could describe this. So when you're like it's a combination of like a twin stick ship shooter you know like galaxius or galactus you know a 3d yeah. one where you're shooting people like on like geometry a wars or no like it's galaxy yeah right, but like old it's, school. Okay. Left to right. but it's not it's not yeah. above head it's like locked to like a over the shoulder over the ship 
flying across the plane that's what it's like when it's uh when you're flying the ship but when you're you know when you get out of the ship it turns into more of a no man's sky type game exploring the land and look uh, below and like exploring the different planets so and i saw the trailer i think it's like a cheap ripoff of no man's sky don't shoot me i i wouldn't agree with that i think the uh, the air combat and like the flying mechanics make it quite unique because that's not something you'd see in um no man's sky i haven't seen it but i'm gonna agree with dan stefan's definitely wrong <laughs> Oh, that'll never make the final cut. No, oh, that will. I don't. But I'm just looking at the combat. It kind of reminds me a bit of the old Republic fighting, or was it Knights Star Wars Squadron? No, the MMO. The old Republic. I don't think I've ever played that mode in the MMO. Yeah, you have to have a ship to do that. I, but it, it, it looks a bit like that mixed a bit with squadrons. So I don't think it's unique. It'll be interesting to see how it takes off. I won't be getting it because I don't own a PlayStation. So let us know how it is when you play it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's only 30 euro. So I might check that one out because it's not as expensive as most games. But um, I have a little surprise for Grady. I think he's going to enjoy this one. I do like so, most um, surprises. <laughs> Sega jumped in. Uh, for two games, firstly, this weird anime demon hunting game based on an anime. I, I can't remember the name of it. It was in Japanese, but it's about these Japanese schoolgirls who fight demons. <laughs> okay, no. So, um, this game Sega decided to announce was called Last Judgment. It's the second in the series, but basically it's an action-oriented spin-off from Yakuza. Ah, that does sound Where you good. play as a detective... So it's like, half the game is like a, a action game, but then you have detective mode scenes. Like in, I don't know, have you played the Arkham games? You know, when you go into the detective mode and you examine the crime scenes. And Batman games? No. No, I've not played no. those. But it's like, uh, I guess it, you can think of it like a Yakuza game mixed with a detective style game. It, I, I, it looks interesting, and I think it's coming to the Xbox as well, I think. Yeah, it is. It's coming to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and S on September 21. There you go. I don't know. I'll watch some stuff on it and see. It's a, it is a sequel, so you'd have to play the original, but that's on the Xbox Negative. too. Or you just read the wiki and catch up with the plot. Negative. Ah, don't but that's care. not as fun. It's more fun to not know what's going on. Just saying. Exactly. Fair Just enough. jump into the sequel. And then we also had a uh, Death Stranding Director's Cup. So uh, Hideo Kojima has decided he's going to front load the game with a lot more missions, a lot more guns, a lot more content, a lot more things to do. And uh, and unfortunately, like Ghost of Tsushima, you have to pay a 10 euro fee, 10 dollar fee, 10 pound fee to upgrade. I know it's only a small amount of money, but it's still annoying when you see Xbox offering free upgrades to everyone for their games. It feels a bit stingy and a bit opportunist by Sony. I probably won't upgrade that one because I have played Death Stranding. It's a weird game, a very weird I think game. If you think if it's got new story missions, you can kind of they can kind of say pay ten pound because it's extra content, like an expansion pack. They a didn't like say what... how much though. Well, so I'm saying it's a, a bit like EA. They mm. release something and then they charge you. Yeah. Apart, from, I, I, I was going to say apart from Mass Effect, but I'm like, no, they did. <laughs> Depending how much content they add, ten dollars is pretty cheap. So I, like, I'll give I them this. That game. It's yeah. it's on the list of games that are not available on Xbox that I would like to play. I just haven't made an effort to get it on PC to play it. I guess. I'll give them this. It does look like there's a lot more content on show than for Ghost of Tsushima. But Ghost, like, I don't know how long the Ghost of Tsushima DLC is meant to be. But this looks like it's it's front loaded with a lot more improvements. So maybe right. it, it is worth ten euro. But I don't know. I've just become accustomed to free upgrades now. It does spoil you. We are spoiled yeah. on the Xbox and PC. <laughs> Mainly Xbox. And finally, 
but last but not least, Deathloop, an Xbox Game Studios game <laughs> launching on PS5, and it looks absolutely amazing. Like we were, t- I was talking to Grady about it in our group chat last night. Um, basically, it, I see it as a combination of Dishonored and Hitman, where you basically play this um, Hitman, like this contract killer called Colt. He's stuck on this island called Black Reef. Uh, he has to hunt down eight targets. But uh, the, uh, the thing is, he's stuck in a time loop. So if you get killed, you have to go back to the beginning of the cycle. And also one of the eight targets is an assassin who's trying to hunt you down. And if she kills you, obviously you get sent back. But a fun little twist is that um, the assassin can either be um, like an AI or one of your friends can jump in online and play as the assassin to troll you. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's pretty cool. I've just read it's due sometime after 2022, September 14th, 2022 on Xbox. Yeah, because like it's only a So we'll get it on Game Pass. We're fine. Uh, Well, I'll probably, I'm going to buy it on the PS5 because <laughs> I have choice <laughs> and I can't game. wait for it as well and enjoy all that gaming has to offer I don't blame you a bit. yeah and like I, I like and I love Dishonored because well, I love Arcane Studios because they made Dishonored but also I like I also really enjoyed Prey uh, I didn't finish it but I did enjoy it I got stuck on the part with uh, one of the Typhon monsters and I couldn't uh, rage quit and I couldn't go back to it <laughs> Now, I didn't finish that either, but I love the atmosphere. Reminds me of Half-Life in some ways. Yeah, you know? I got big uh, System Shock vibes off of it. System Shock 2. Yep, that too, yep. But um, it was a good way. It was, I can't remember it. I played it so um, long like, ago. Go on the Game Pass and give it a go, like everything else. <laughs> Yeah, I'll but, probably um, remember it when I stop playing it again. Like and like, so it was like it wasn't a very long show. Didn't there wasn't much there. But what was there? Like I I got my fill from Deathloop, Jet the uh, Far Shore, and a few other things. So I mean, it was a pretty pretty okay show, and I did enjoy what I saw. So looking forward to Deathloop now for September. I got one more question for you, Dan, on that topic. Do you prefer the big E3 showcase, and they just really throw a lot of news, and then mm-hmm. you kind of have specials that focus on that content in greater detail through the year, or do you? Mm-hmm. like having the announcements themselves dragged out through the year on these different more private shows i i definitely prefer the e3 showcase like did not touch the um xbox Bethesda showcase i felt that did a lot better job of you know announcing all these games and getting us all hyped for them i do enjoy it when sony dedicates the state of place to one game so the the horizon forbidden west one or that would be the one i think um most recently but like, i enjoy when they do that because you get a deep dive on the game and they get to go the developers get to tell you themselves without you know any time constraints what they want to tell you about the game but i do prefer the big showcase i think that's more exciting more it's more of a marquee event that you can look forward to and you can dissect after it is fun being excited about it no question and for a little change of pace we did a direct one-on-one guest interview for the carry on gaming podcast with the person responsible for composing arranging mixing producing our cover of Hoist the Colors, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did enjoy uh, working with him and making the song itself. Hello and welcome to the Carry On Gaming Podcast. This is our first guest interview. I'm very happy to be joined by a man who requires introduction only because his talent has yet to be discovered by the rest of the world. The man who wrote, arranged, produced, and directed our cover of Hoist the Colors, Chris, otherwise known as Universe 25. Thank you so much for joining us today. What's up, Grady? How you doing? Been a while. 
I want to talk about how happy I am personally with the project and how it's turned out to by far exceeded my wildest expectations when this started, when we decided we wanted to make a shanty and eventually able to talk you into participating with it. The result, for me, something really special that I'm proud to be a part of. Yeah, I'm going to remember this for a long time. We'll always remember when we came together to hoist the colors. What were your expectations when we started this and how happy with the results are you? It's like, oh, cool, they're going to do this, like, three-part acapella thing. I'll do some EQ on it and make him sound cool and maybe throw some waves in it or something. But then when I found out it was Hoist the Collars, I was like, oh, this has got to be something different because I've I've wanted to do a cover of Hoist the Collars and I had to fight with myself like, uh, do I refuse to do it? And then No, I laughed whenever you said you thought about keeping it to yourself. Yeah. That, that was funny to me because considered that you might do that to us when I reached <laughs> out to you. <laughs> Seriously? I did. I thought that was a possibility that you might you might decide, you know what, that's a great idea, but you guys are idiots for wanting to do it, and I'll take care of it. Obviously, I went with option number two, and I am extremely happy with the results. In fact, I think it's probably the best production job that I've ever done, which is unfortunate. I wish I'd done that good of a job on one of my own songs, but, you know, whatever. I think one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I've got, it's evident to me that people do not understand that this wasn't music that we just copied and used, that that you wrote this with with virtual instruments on some software you have. Tell me a little bit about the process and maybe what would you say the biggest challenges of creating this was? Oh, you mean besides dealing with your ego? Continue. <laughs> you're, you're all right, right? You're going you're to come back from that one. <laughs> the the biggest challenge was um i can't really say there was that big of a challenge it i mean it's a ridiculously simple song it's literally like three chords repeated through the entire thing it's i mean even on the chorus the chord progression doesn't change it's just the same thing over and over four chords sorry and i, I guess the only real challenge was figuring out the chords which you know, that didn't take long at all yeah, I mean, it worked out great, though. I thought it sounded really good. That The hurdy-gurdy, thanks to you for uh, for uh, providing that to me. That was... Got completely worth it. That's I what mean, that was. Completely can't have hoist the colors without a hurdy-gurdy, especially with Sea of Thieves. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like, the, it's like an icon. So, yeah, it, it worked out beautifully, and I'm stupid happy with the results. So, specifically on my end, you created kind of a basic track chord progressions and you you hummed to it and and made sure we were clear on the lyrics sent that to us so that we could use it to help time our lyrics and send that back to you what do you do with that when you get that to to go from that to the end result Ooh, you sure you want it, want people to know what it did to your vocals oh come on <laughs> <laughs> no i the hardest part about that was even though it was in time with the song, you know, in the recording, there's a lot of stuff leading up to the song, like the uh, the wind and the ship, you humming, you know, the little violin thing playing in the background. So I had to find exactly where on the timeline to put your vocals so they would actually line up with the rhythm. And that, I mean, it didn't take long, but in the like few minutes it did take it was extremely frustrating for some reason i like starting outside the track so it would end where you wanted it inside the track yeah 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 just and like i'd get it and i'd be 
half a beat off. I know, I know what you mean. When I was recording, I spent most of the time half a beat off. <laughs> yeah, and funny thing about that was because when you sent it to me, I was listening to it on my way home from work, and I was thinking I might need to do some because I don't know how. I mean, I know you can actually sing. I've heard you do it before, but you were struggling pretty hard with this because of your uh, your recording situation. Like I didn't know anything about Dan or Steph. I don't know. I I might need to like round out the low end or something like that. Maybe throw in a harmony just to kind of mask things. But it turns out, I mean, both your vocal tracks were more than workable. Now, as a hobby, composing music and the sound design, how did how how did you get started with that, and how long have you been doing it? I wouldn't say sound design. Like I would really like to get into sound design, but I don't just don't really have time to sit down and get good at it but like composing and recording I was seven, 16 no 17 I think and I uh, met a guy we became friends he had some like a four track analog tape recorder thing and I brought my keyboard over there and we started making music together it was so bad but it was fun so <laughs> I thought it was that's definitely the important part apparently because it's definitely not looking forward to the engagement you're going to receive (laughs) yeah yeah i mean no i mean at the time i thought it's like shit i'm killing this i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a damn rock star and god i'm so glad those tapes have been lost i'd be (laughs) horrified if i accidentally played one hey once you've got millions of followers you're gonna wish you had those tapes they'll be worth a lot yeah it might be worth a lot of money it wouldn't be worth the damage to my ego oh i think there's a little room there you could get away with oh now since you'll be since you'll be joining no you do not have time to retort nope since uh (laughs) since you're going to be joining us on the podcast for future episodes uh maybe it'd be good to introduce yourself to the audience a little bit we have several subscribers what kind of games you like to play um i've i've been kind of behind on games recently i'm playing some older stuff though like uh i like the more independent type things this might be controversial but i really enjoyed cyberpunk like i played all the way through the story and did a ton of side content as well that is controversial what platform did you play it on pc i wasn't about to try to play it on an xbox one did and you had a good experience with it like there's a lot of people don't complain so much about the game as the bugs that it experienced and then some disappointing elements in the open world. Well, I kind of limited my exposure to it, so my expectations weren't like as blown out of proportion as everyone else's, I think. Uh, but like I read about it beforehand, people being upset because of certain things missing and like yeah, the police spawn in in a stupid way and they don't chase you, but the only time I ever had to deal with the police was when I, like, accidentally run over someone or accidentally killed an innocent bystander. It's not like Grand Theft Auto where the police really need to be a, you know, formidable presence. It's part of the sandbox. You, you didn't go out of your way to experience that part of the sandbox, just enjoy yeah, the and game you're not, outside uh, of that. I, I you're, can understand. You're not encouraged to. I mean, I at no point during the game did I feel obligated to do something that would bring the police down on me i'd like to say how much i'm looking forward to you joining us on the regular show in the future and what we have in mind as uh as games inspire us going forward we want to build more tributes to those games 
like Hoist the Colors is a tribute to the Sea of Thieves of Pirate's Life tall tale that so inspired me to want to make a shanty. I'm looking forward to what you joining the cast means to the cast and improving our ability to create interesting content that'll that'll bring attention to our channel and allow us to add to the space as, as a more creative asset to the community than otherwise. I'm glad to be joining, and I look forward to making more music, and I'm really looking forward to the inevitable cover of uh, the Great Mighty Pooh song that actual name escapes me from uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. I'd, I'd say we have to add that to the list. I don't. We'd be negligent Absolutely. to not cover that. Negligent and and um, irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And other etymology things. Yes. Well, Wait. thank you for joining me for this interview. Uh, I look forward to you joining us on the cast. It was my pleasure, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to try to make you sound good. Yeah, and to expose your art, such as it is, to our several subscribers, you're welcome. I look forward to serving them and you well, sir. So, another news. A Nintendo Switch was announced, which we were expecting at E3, and it wasn't there. We can hear us whine about on episode one. So, this is a mid-range console. It wasn't what we were expecting. It's using... OLED technology. It's in H. It's not even barely hitting HD. God knows why. It's disgraceful. Uh, so it's out on October the eighth, twenty twenty one, and you're looking about three hundred and fifty dollars and three hundred and ten pound. So I'm going to start whining straight away and say they did not increase the battery life. Why didn't they? I don't care about the screen. I wanted a better battery life. I'm not buying it. Oh, I know why. I know why. Batteries are more expensive. They didn't want to do that. So. I would pay extra for a bigger battery. So, the difference is... People would have paid extra for better performance, too. That's not on the list. Yeah, I would have, for sure. I'm easy. Um, (laughs) Do not take that out of context. (laughs) Alright, so, the difference between the former Switch and the Switch OLED is you get a 7-inch screen. The old one, I believe, was 6.4 inches. Uh, 6.3 6.3, 6.4 What's 0.1 inch of a difference? (laughs) Oh, never mind Size matters (laughs) Not according to Rammstein So, you get better speakers You get a more curved feature You get a better screen You get, storage wise They expanded it, so it's now 64 gigabytes, which you can expand Further with A micro- SD card up to 2 terabytes. So the old switch is only 32 gigabytes unless you put a micro SD in. Think. Good for them. I can get a micro SD, 32 gigabyte micro SD for about 15 euro. Yeah, but that's also, you know, you got better sound, a bigger screen. Yeah, they, we don't know what they mean by improved audio. There was no clarification around improved that, audio. Think, Who knows what they mean by that? Sound better. But that supposed to Yes, but to what extent? Like we it don't know. It sounds more like, beautiful oh. than our podcast in our ears. <laughs> it's, I mean, this is kind of like I see a lot of people pretty upset about this because the rumors of the pro had them excited mm. for it, and then that's not what they got. But this is, I mean, kind of on brand for Nintendo. How many models of the 3DS, and then there was a 2DS, 
and weren't some of the 3DS models able to play some games the other ones weren't? I mean, I'm not that Yeah, the new 3DS. Correct. That is 100% correct, because I bought a new 3DS to play Pokemon, because it wouldn't work on my old 3DS. So at least, you know, the Switch OLED doesn't get games that the other Switch can't play. So it's, yeah, it's it's just a visual upgrade, I guess, for the, the improved screen size and... and Obviously, OLED's nice step up. People are pretty upset about it because they were excited for something Nintendo never announced. Well, there's um, another feature is an additional wired LAN support, which the Switch doesn't have. Because if you've ever played the Switch online, it's dodgy. Like, it cuts out randomly, and it's not just my own internet. So having the LAN there, yeah, it has to be docked, but at least it's a more stable connection. But you Such know, a revolutionary feature, adding a LAN adapter. Well, considering it's meant new, to be a portable console, so yeah, it's easy to carry a Switch and its dock around than my Xbox. So. It should have been there from the beginning. I don't. People are celebrating this, but they should be asking why it wasn't there in the first place. Well, we can complain about the Switch because it did sell a lot. It, that, it yeah, it sold very, a lot, but it's very hard it's, to get hold of. It's, on it's still not immune to criticism. And it's still outselling everything is the crazy yeah. part. It doesn't even have, like, local party chat on board. Don't you have to use a smartphone with an application? Yeah, you have to use an app. But I, do, I don't understand it. I, I'm not a huge Nintendo guy. But what I see Nintendo fans kind of put up with, in my opinion, right, as a guy that doesn't particularly like Nintendo anymore, it surprises me that they don't ask for better, or that they don't regularly critique it and expect more, and it sells so well. But maybe I'm not the target audience. People love yeah. them, and they're selling like crazy, and I ain't mad at them. To answer that one, it's because Nintendo do have reliable portable consoles, and I think if we forget about the GameCube, the Super Nintendo, and stuff like that, and look more towards the handheld models, they're the only one in the stable market on handheld consoles. If you look at PlayStation, they released the Vista and the PSP. Those didn't sell that well, especially when they used the uh, the UMD discs. That didn't sell that well. And what at Xbox, what do they use? The xCloud, which is very nice technology, but it's not the same standard as you expect from a portable console. So I think if you look at it that way, they've always succe- succeeded in having a portable console. And then you've got unique games, like you've got your Pokemon, you've got your Super Smash Brothers, which will never, ever go onto another console. And those they stable- never go down in price either. No, yeah, exactly. No, they don't. You get like one of them a year, maybe. Yeah, but, you know, and I think, you know, with the Switch, it lets you play those childhood games on a TV screen. I mean, I, I only bought the Switch for Pokemon. Like, I am a diehard Pokemon fan. I cannot name up them all because it's getting to ridiculous numbers. But, you know, it's it's that sort of game. And I've bought Zelda. I've bought um, Super Smash Brothers. You know, it's it's nice. It's a nice portable console to have. And if you can't take your Xbox with you and your internet's bad you could just you know hop onto the switch and i think because they scrapped the game boy now for the switch it's the replacement and i think yeah the oled i i can't justify it for the extra price just for a bigger screen and some speakers but then like grady said i'm not surprised due to nintendo's previous releases from you know the different game boys to the switch and i don't think we're going to get a big nintendo release for another two three years it'll be really interesting because as, as the internet improves and Xbox's solution to being able to play on your tablet or your smartphone or any random small PC monitor and having it built into TVs, blah, 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 right? Being able to take your games with you wherever you are with the streaming services. Internet improves. What does that do to the Switch? 
because the Switch right now is pretty genius. You can dock it, have a better experience on your TV, pick it up, take it in the other room with you. But as the internet improves and xCloud kind of eliminates the need for the Switch in that market, it'll be interesting to see what Nintendo does. Do they try to build a more core system like they used to build? Or do they stay this course and hope their name carries the product? Or do they become something more boutique and just make games for all platforms? I don't know. It'll, it'll be really interesting. I don't think they have to worry about anything anytime soon. It'll be interesting to see, though, if they try releasing a solid console or if they're going to keep with this hybrid between portable and a console. That, that's where my interest is, is what would they release next? Because I, I think they're they going to struggle. They will release nothing next. And no, they'll just keep releasing, re-releasing the Switch. No, I'll be interested to see um, what they do next, because the Switch is pretty hybrid between the two, and I don't know how they're going to top that. You guys might have noticed we skipped our normal topic of what we're playing this week. That's because we had so much news to talk about, and we wanted to showcase the interview from Hoist the Colors kind of as a special thing. Uh, I think we've covered it this week. Dan, why don't you take us home? Yar, me hearties! Thank you for listening to this bountiful podcast this week. We thank you very much, and we hope you enjoy our shanty. We'll see you next week, me hearties. Ahoy! Thank you.